welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you a simple way to always respect and honor your relationship. I'll also be interviewing relationship engineer George Aramon, who explains why you're attracted to someone who may not be healthy for you. He reviews his book, The Great Dance of Love, a step-by-step guide to finding love that lasts. This book will give you insight into why love continues to elude you. For more information about George, please visit greatdanceoflove.com. You may also purchase his book on Amazon or in the previous guest products in both stores at jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. If you're anything like me, you love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. We've all heard people say that relationships take work. This is very true, but that also includes respect and honor. When you reflect on your past relationships or even your current relationship, what do you do to always put that relationship first? What I mean by that is this, since the majority of our life, our teenage years, and perhaps even in our 20s or 30s, many people were often single. And in that, they're very familiar with their bachelor or bachelorette self. That means that they're only accountable to themselves, and they'll do what they want to do whenever they want to do it, and that's how they live their life, which makes sense. However, when we're in a relationship, our accountability changes. We're now accountable to that other person. Now, each relationship can define what accountability means to them, but when you do do things outside of your marriage, for example, spend time with your friends, engage in your hobbies, you're at work, or other things that don't necessarily involve your partner, we still want to have the mindset of someone who's accountable to someone. Now, that may sound obvious, but think of it this way. You're out with your friends, and you find yourself engaging in a lot of the same activities you did when you were a bachelor or bachelorette, and in doing so, that level of accountability starts to change, and you start to only become accountable to yourself. When you return to your partner, often that's where arguments or hurt feelings come up. The way to avoid this is to think of this analogy. Have you ever been to the beach, and you play the game where you hit the ball in the air, and you pass it to your partner, and it goes back and forth in the air? The goal of that little game is to keep that ball afloat, to make sure it doesn't hit the sand. It's the same concept with the relationship. 
Your relationship is like that beach ball. Everything you do, you want to make sure that you keep that ball afloat. So that's why it's important to reflect on who you are when you are a bachelor or bachelorette. And how does that change when you are with someone? You'll find that you are the same, but your level of accountability is different. Perhaps it would drop that ball if you engage in coarse joking or go to certain places that could disrespect that relationship. So what it boils down to is this. Every single thing you do in your relationship or outside of your relationship, you filter it through the thought of does this honor or does this disrespect my relationship? And the more often you can think about that or allow that to be part of your everyday life, you'll find that your relationship becomes stronger. You'll find that you no longer engage in a bachelor or bachelorette type of mentality and your relationship will become healthier. You're going to hear a fantastic interview in just a few moments with George Ehrman, who talks about reasons why love may elude you. His book, The Great Dance of Love, is specifically what you need to help you find the love that lasts. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. However, I want to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Each week, I will send you an email which has all the latest radio episodes, YouTube episodes, magazine articles, and self-help products specifically for you. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. My guest today is George Ehrman, who explains why you are attracted to someone who may not be healthy for you. He reviews his book, The Grey Dance of Love, a step-by-step guide to finding love that lasts. This book will give you the insight into why love continues to elude you. Welcome to my show, George. Hi, James. Thank you for this wonderful introduction. I am looking forward to this. I know as soon as my listeners heard the name of your book or heard the intro, they're like, oh my gosh, I definitely have to hear the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were also in this predicament where you were attracted to someone that wasn't the healthiest for you. Why don't you walk us through what happened with you? Sure, with pleasure. So actually, three years ago, I have been friend-zoned by my ex-best friend. And I really wanted to find a solution. I couldn't understand why she actually loved me, but she wasn't in love with me. Mm, We've all been there. (laughs) So I actually, after one or two weeks of mourning, I said, okay, I've been into the personal development world for quite some time. It's time for me to find a solution on my my own. Mm -hmm. So I read more than 200 books, more than 1,200 plus articles. I did an in-depth experiment to prove that my theories are right. And I put it all inside the book. Wow. Okay. Well, let's jump into the book in just a second. So what happened uh, when you realized that you were in this friend zone? Is that something, were you able to keep your friendship? Were you able to move it forward? What happened? Uh, Yes, actually what happened is my ex-best friend was actually a bit different because I wanted to test things differently. So what I did Mm -hmm. during my experiments, I did test it with a couple of friends Mm -hmm. and other people to prove that actually I could create attraction with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Oh, I actually did that. Oh, so after, (laughs) yeah, it it was really amazing because after like a month or two, like I did tell them I'm doing an experiment and 
please let me know if it becomes uncomfortable. So after a month or so, they were like, George, either we start dating or uh, we have to stop. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Right, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's yeah. hysterical, George. I love it. So in your book, The Great Dance of Love, you actually have eight different what you call love potions. Why don't you tell us what those are? Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, actually... In the book, I also talk about eight characters, and here's why I'm going to talk about a little bit about the characters before okay. uh, I talk about the eight potions. It's uh-huh. because each fo- each potion is actually main for each character. Ah, so, gotcha. Okay. Yes. So basically, if you go on the website, on my website, www.greatanceoflove.com, G-R-E-Y-G-A-N-C-E-O-F-L-O-V-E.com, you can soon... Uh, Take the personality test Mm -hmm. and discover which of the eight relationship characters you are. Perfect. You cannot find it anywhere else in the world. It's something I've created myself and uh, after a lot of research. And Mm -hmm. so once you take the test, you discover which of the eight characters you are. And so once you you discover which of the eight characters you are, then I would be able to take you on a step-by-step guide from where you are to where you want to be and hence give you your love potion. Gotcha. A love potion. Well, then let's talk about those characteristics. Mm-hmm. Those archetypes, rather. Okay, so uh, in short, you have Mr. and Mrs. Bad Sparks, who mm-hmm. are representative of the bad boy and the bad girl. Mm-hmm. They are the the bad boy is actually the highly highly masculine man, mm-hmm. and the bad girl is actually the highly feminine woman. Okay. They're all after the sparks, the attraction, and um, this is what all what they crave for. They're for the short-term relationships. They they don't la- the the relationship don't last for the long term. Okay, that makes sense. Well, we've all experienced that. I know I've been attracted to someone that was not healthy for me, and it definitely <laughs> fizzled out pretty quick. <laughs> so let's jump over to the next one. Uh, I'll move on to Mr. and Mrs. Nice Mirror. So Mr. and Mrs. Nice Mirror, or, uh, Mirror, sorry, were originally Mr. and Mrs. Bad Sparks. Okay. But with time, as life passed over, as as they grew up, as uh, the nature, nature and nurture started to interfere, they, they changed. So the man became more feminine and the woman became more masculine. Okay. And hence we have Mr. and Mrs. Nice Mirror. And this for, mainly started to really, really shift around uh, the 60s when women started to go to work. This mm-hmm. actually uh, started really to tip the balance. Okay. And uh, they're, they're a great couple, but they're, they're very much into a different type of polarity. They're more friends than they're lovers. Um, they're, they care a lot about what society thinks of them, in short. And is this, is this more of the more independent type of person as well who doesn't really need anybody, but they're more um, trying to be that successful person? Uh, the masculine woman, yes. Mm-hmm. In general, it's mas- masculine people tend to be more independent, mm-hmm. whereas feminine, feminine uh, people tend to be more uh, nurturing. Okay. okay. And so uh, in, this, in this case, yes, while, while women tend to be more independent when they're masculine, they still need the man, but in a different way. So mm-hmm. while before a woman needed actually to be, um, when she was feminine, she needed the man to take care of her physical needs, where it can be, for example, finances or providing mm-hmm. a house or being physically present. So, for example, in the prehistorical cage uh, times, they were like protecting them physically from danger. Uh, now, the way things have shifted was uh, is that um, women actually need another type of 
protection, uh-huh. emotional protection. Okay. They actually want their man to protect, to care for them emotionally. This is the, what they need. Okay. That makes sense. And so Mr. Mr. Nicemere as well, how would you define him? <laughs> Mr. Nicemere is actually the nice guy. He's very friendly. <laughs> he's, a, he's a doormat also. <laughs> yes. And he tends to be a doormat. He does everything that Mrs. Nicemere tells him to do. Um, so essentially, so, we would say of those people here in the States that they're whipped. In other words, they've been beat down so much that they just yeah. exist. They're just kind of burnt out in life. Exactly. Do what the other person says. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. And they can be successful at work. They can, mm-hmm. it's, it, doesn't, it, ha, it is irrelevant of, uh, of that. They can be successful at work, but when they come home, uh, they are actually, um, well, they are who they are. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think we all know someone who is in both of those positions. Exactly. <laughs> and so the next ones are Mr. and Mrs. Friend. Yes. So Mr. and Mrs. Friend Amore are in general the children of Mr. and Mrs. Nice Mirror in the sense that when they grew up, mm. they grew up with a feminine father and a masculine mother. So oh, they actually modeled, this, modeled them this way. And so because of that, for example, Mr. Friend Amore never knew what being masculine meant. They never mm. know. They don't know about uh, having, for example, their cave time. They don't know about a lot of the masculine stuff. And it's the same with women. It's for, for example, Mrs. Friend Amore is more referred to as the tomboy. Mm-hmm. The, the, the girl who actually likes to play basketball with the guys and all those stuff, sort of stuff. Okay. That makes sense. I, I like how you, you have these be the children of the parents of of Mr. and Mrs. Nicemere, because it does make mm-hmm. sense as far as we often will replicate what we've been taught as children. Exactly. Okay. And then the last, the last two that we all want to have <laughs> are Mr. Exactly. and Mrs. Grey Dance. <laughs> Tell us more about that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So Mr. and Mrs. Grey Dance are actually the ultimate relationship couple, the ultimate relationship partners that we all want and strive to become. Uh, they are healthy from inside. They have a balanced masculine and feminine energy from the inside. They don't have this needy vibe. Mm-hmm. They come from a place of unconditional love, not conditional. They, are, they dance very well between lover and passion, uh, between passion and friendship. Mm-hmm. And they're really balanced. They know when to be more passionate. They know when to be more friendly. They know when to care. They know when to, to uh, add more sparks. So they're really actually the ideal couple. You know, when I think about this as well, it's so important in any relationship to have an individual part, like I am part of this, but then there's also an identity of we, we are together. And so it's, I think it's very healthy when people have their sense of independence outside of the relationship. And what I mean by that is identity, rather, I should say, their identity outside, they're able to have their friends, their hobbies, all that as well. And then, but also understand that we're also a we, this couple is, takes precedent, it's primary, and we would never do anything as a couple to ever jeopardize that or disrespect or do something that could um, ham- ham- hamper our relationship. I love what you're saying, and it's very true. And there's actually a lot of the couples today, unfortunately, they come when they're in a relationship, they tend to come from a place of I versus you. Mm-hmm. Yes. When it's very important to have in, uh, our independence, to be actually interdependent, mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, our own identity as, a, as individuals, but at the same time, it's important to have an identity as we, mm-hmm. as a couple. Yes. And we rarely see couples that have this we identity because whenever people start to fight in a relationship, they're mm-hmm. like, what's in it for me? Yes. What can you do for me? There's, not, there's no more 
there are a lot of boundaries between each other rather than with each other against the world or or with the outside world. Well, a lot of times you also find that when there is an argument, we revert back to kind of how we were when we were a child. We respond based off of how we responded when we were kids. And so we automatically forget that we're we, or we also forget that with a disagreement, the foundation is, well, we're going to make up. So many times people forget that and they go in their own corner and they say, I'm right, or I'm this, I'm that, and they retreat. But when we stop and think, okay, well, in just a few minutes, we're going to get beyond this. So why don't we get beyond it now? <laughs> As opposed to this, you know, <laughs> silence that we have or whatever, you know, this, this revenge that some people may have as well. But the whole goal is we're both on the same team. Let's figure this out. Let's do this as a couple, as opposed to two individual people hurting, will eventually find their way back together. You brought up something very interesting, James. Uh, it's very true because we actually tend to, as you said, we tend to attract a partner to fulfill or to heal our our childhood mm-hmm. because we tend to model either a relationship with one of our parents or we need to we want to finish it and continue and heal it completely. So we keep on attracting a certain type of people. Yes. Uh, in order to heal that part of us. And this is why, for example, in general, women tend to attract the bad boys all the time because they have a certain characteristic that they keep on attracting and they will keep on attracting the bad boy. They can change the faces and bodies as much as they want, but the traits are always going to be there until they heal it from inside. Yes. And, you know, when I work with a lot of, a lot of patients as well, specifically if I'm working with, with couples or just individuals after breakups, et cetera, what I will often tell them is look at the common thread that you were, that was in all your significant relationships. If there was a certain emotion that was elicited and every, every time you got into an argument or there was something you felt chronically in that relationship, well, then that's a replay and that's the thread that continually um, is created every time a person is in a relationship. And that's something we all should take a look at as well. Beautiful. There's actually, for, for people who want to know more from a psychological approach of what it is George and I are talking about, there's actually a theory called the Imago Theory, I-M-A-G-O. Imago Theory basically talks about this, and it's the foundation for how a lot of couples can get the needs, can, can find the, the, the love that they want. But I'm so excited about this book as well, The Great Dance of Love, because I really like, George, how you break this down into these eight categories. Because when we all look back on this, you've really measured or quantified um, these archetypes of the types of people we continually date, <laughs> continually find in relationships. What would you think would be the biggest way that people can go from after they identify who they are to get to the Mr. and Mrs. Great Aunt's character? The best way for people to, in order to reach Mr. and Mrs. Great Aunt's is actually to be whole and complete from within. Mm-hmm. And that can be done, for example, if we, not- if we notice that you are more masculine, mm-hmm. to actually develop a more feminine Uh, part in ourselves and vice versa if we are more feminine to develop a more masculine side. I'm going to give you an example. So for example, if we take Mr. and Mrs. Bad Sparks Mm -hmm. or for example, to to take it more as a stereotype, Mr. and Mrs. Bad Sparks are actually the cheerleader and the captain of the rugby mm-hmm. team, for example. <laughs> yeah. this is, it's an extreme example. But, but we get it. We all know. We automatically yes. can pick this people. We know that people. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so to take, the, to take them there, what they need to do, the, the captain of the rugby team, for example, needs, he's looking for the cheerleader because while he feels very masculine, he lacks the feminine energy inside of him. So mm-hmm. he tends to go and look for the feminine energy outside of him into the cheerleader and vice versa. Mm-hmm. 
And so by looking and balancing from within, by really embracing both our masculine and feminine sides from within, this is actually when we can become more complete, more whole, and we can start dancing like Mr. and Mrs. Grey dance. Wow. Okay. And with that, is that where the love, the eight love potions come in? Yes. The eight love potions are actually much deeper. So mm-hmm. one aspect of them is about masculine and feminine, but there are other aspects as well. So this is mainly the physical chemistry aspect, but you also have others such as intellectual and, uh, and emotional. So it, it, it's, it's much further than that. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And so in the book, it will really walk people through the specifics of how to perhaps have more masculine or feminine energy to get you to Mr. and Mrs. Great Dance. Exactly. Can you give us one of the examples of how they could do that? Just give us a little taste of what they would read. Very simply. I, I can give you my example. So sure. when I was friend zone, I was actually more feminine. Mm-hmm. So I needed to learn how to become more masculine. Mm-hmm. And so what I did in, in the, one of the things I did in the experiment was I wanted to develop my presence. So because presence is actually one of the one of the key characteristics of a masculine person. And to be present meant actually to really be there for the ladies, mm-hmm. to actually hold space for them, to actually look at them in the eyes, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I had to develop that for a certain period of time. It took me around one, two, or three weeks to do that. Oh wow. On a day every, because I used to do it every single day with a different lady every day, every day, every day for around three weeks. So it, this is why it, it, it was faster than, than expected. Mm-hmm. So, um, so by doing that, I actually developed this presence. So I would say presence, for example, is a very important key element that can help that we can work on. So from a neurological standpoint, what I hear you say, as far as holding them or looking them in the eye, what you're creating is what's called oxytocin. Oxytocin is one of the (laughs) the social hormones that we all need in order to feel loved, to feel trusted, uh, to feel uh, this an emotional connection. Is this one of the things you're talking about? Yes, indeed, indeed. And actually, thank you for mentioning that. I actually have a whole chapter on on hormones and how to actually. Yes, I do talk about uh, in the book. I do talk about love from a different uh, standpoint, from psychology, passing by biology, chemistry. And in this chapter, I do talk how you can actually create the sparks and create more intimacy and develop uh, develop deeper bonds through hormones. How by playing with the hormones, we can actually do that and achieve that. I love it. One of the things I always teach my patients or teach my listeners as well is any hug that lasts longer than 20 seconds, you've automatically created a, a form of oxytocin, which creates emotional intimacy. Very true. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that your, your book is so complex as far as it, it looks at the psychology. It looks at the, the biology, the, the, the chemistry, the, the social aspects of it, and even just your own stories as well. The people who read this book, what are some of the reviews that you're getting? Uh, I've got actually reviews from some very influential people like Brian Tracy, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, authors like uh, international authors like Nicholas Boothman or Andrew Marshall. And um, most of them are like really finding it very, very interesting. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. What would you want the biggest takeaway for the, the readers to have? I would, uh, I would tell them to actually, that actually um, in the book, they would find a step-by-step guide from where they are to where they want to be. And mm. it's all taken from a biology point of view. So you can, if you're more into science, you, have bio, you can uh, study that through biology. If you're more into psychology, you can take this guide from a psychology point of view. And if you're more into a story, I can, you can read a bit of my story and how I did that 
So there's a really a bit of everything to cater for people. That's wonderful. And what I would say for people is that it's very important to become Mr. and Mrs. Grey Dance. And it's imp- the way to do that is actually to balance between our masculine and feminine energy. And there's a, a step further as well. What I really like about, about your book as well is it's, it's doable, it's practical. I think so many times people think, oh my gosh, I've been single for so long, or I've been in so many relationships that just don't work. And we lose that sense of hope. So what I really appreciate about your book is that it does instill hope in people again. It does let them realize that, wow, I can do something. I can change. I can find the person that's healthy for me. And in that, it's much more doable, much more, it can be, it can happen much more quickly than one thinks. It does, but it requires work. It certainly does. Well, that's the thing. Relationships <laughs> require work. <laughs> exactly. I love it. So, George, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and to purchase this book, The Great Dance of Love, Step-by-Step Guide to Finding Love That Lasts, where will they find this information online? Thank you, James. Well, actually, we just, I just launched the book two days ago. Uh, I actually became an international best-selling author. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And uh, I would actually say that if you actually want to have eight bonuses that are from very, uh, very good friends that are very influential as well, if you've heard of Peggy McCall, Marcy Scheimoff, Robert Clancy, and many others, mm-hmm. they, are, they have been generous enough to actually uh, give away b- uh, bonuses. So by going to the following address you can, and buying the book, you can actually claim uh, eight bonuses that are worth more than $700. Oh my gosh, wow. That's very and, kind of uh, Yes. And very kind of also of, of, of um, my amazing friends as well. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, the address is www.greatanswerflovebook.com. G-R-E-Y-G-A-N-C-E-O-F-L-O-V-E-B-O-O-K.com. And I would also like to add that for every book that, uh, that people buy, I'm going to be giving one dollar from the profits of this book to the Unstoppable Foundation to actually help raise children around the world. Wow, that's incredible. Once again, I really encourage my listeners to go to greatdanceoflove.com, and in that, you definitely will be able to find the love that you seek. Once again, George, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I really did appreciate all your wisdom. Thank you so much, James. It was a pleasure talking to you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.